This is the sound of curling. The sport dates back to the 16th century, when people in Scotland would play on frozen lakes and ponds. And this week, we're heading to an indoor pond, the new curling club in the old Kmart. That's coming up on the Up North Lowdown from Interlochen Public Radio. Hello and welcome. I'm Ed Ronco. We'll hear that story, plus a roundup of some headlines from Michigan. But first, we're going to talk about housing. This is not the first time we've talked about housing issues here on The Lowdown, and it will absolutely not be the last. Finding a place to live here in northern Michigan is really, really difficult. Prices have gone up. Housing stock has gone down. And for nearly 10 years, a group of advocates has met in an annual housing summit to try to figure out solutions to this housing crisis. Reporter Michael Livingston was there, and he talked about it with IPR's Tyler Thompson, and some of the statistics he shared were startling. Lots of interesting data came from the 2023 Housing Needs Assessment. This is something Housing North um, hired uh, Bowen National Research to do last year. And it's essentially this huge comprehensive report on what housing looks like across uh, this 10-county region it surveyed. Things that jumped out to me right away, they surveyed 130 different apartment complex. That's over 7,000 units. Only 51 units were available at the time. That's 99.3% occupancy rate when we should be around like 93, 94. Uh, Another key point was seasonal housing. 48,000 homes were for seasonal or recreational use. That's about a fourth of our housing stock being used for seasonal housing. Uh, Patrick Bowen was presenting all these numbers and he owns the firm that compiled this data. Uh, He said that the seasonal housing stock will be one of our biggest hurdles moving forward. It is ultra relevant in a time when you don't have very much rental or for sale available. If you have a four or five percent vacancy rate on the rental side, you had a two or three percent vacancy rate or availability rate on the for sale housing stock, this would not be an issue. But in a time when you have very, very limited availability, this is adding to your challenges. So advocates say housing is the solution to address homelessness here, but it's no secret that accessible housing is a huge problem in northern Michigan. What do they say can be done to address that? Yeah, we got to hear from the Northwest Michigan Coalition to End Homelessness, and uh, while it was only like a 15-minute presentation, it stood out to me as being one of the most you know forward-looking, forward-facing, and, and yeah, it's a huge problem. In Traverse City alone, we have about 90 people uh, sleeping in tents every night, uh, but it's important to remember that you know, the vast majority of those people, like 97%, um, have previous residencies in Traverse City. So these are our neighbors that we're talking about here. And there's actually a cost that comes with you know uh, having these people remain unhoused. Um, Ashley Schmant, who directs the coalition, says she's taking inspiration from communities like Bakersfield, California, and Taylor County, Texas, uh, where she says those communities have reduced their homeless population to zero. Uh, she says Traverse City needs at least 75 supportive housing units to fix this. Here's her explaining what that means. Supportive housing is not just we take someone off the street, place them in an apartment, say good luck, have a nice life, and walk away. Supportive housing is walking alongside the person every step of the way after they get housed. We provide in-home case management for them so they never experience homelessness again. 
So it's a big goal, and until those units are built, the coalition says it will remain focused on providing shelter. Uh, It announced that it will be launching a pilot program to make Safe Harbor of Grand Traverse a year-round shelter, whereas previously it was only open in the colder months. You're in the process of doing even more reporting on housing, and you're going to focus on individual stories. Can you tell us what to expect? Yeah, so over the summer, IPR launched a survey over... uh, just trying to get stories from real people experiencing housing issues. And the goal here is to do a series of stories where we essentially give you the mic and have you explain what you need to make a life here or continue your life in Northern Michigan and take those answers to officials and see what solutions are in the works to make that possible. I think a lot of the time when we talk about housing, uh, it leaves out these personal stories that can actually connect us to this issue. Um, So we're hoping to change that. And if you have a personal story to share, uh, your rent is getting raised, you can't move your family here, you can't find an apartment that allows a pet. I mean, there's a whole scope of issues here. We want to hear from you if you're willing to share. And you can find that survey on iprnews.org. And myself or another reporter might reach out to you. Reporter Michael Livingston speaking with IPR's Tyler Thompson. Michael's reporting comes to us through a partnership with Report for America and the Traverse City Record Eagle. We'll be right back. This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. 12-year-old Lane Frame and his brothers were walking on a pier in Lake Michigan. It was a windy day with big waves. The boys were thrilled. It was their first time seeing the Great Lakes. But then one of those waves crashed over the edge of the pier. I said, Jewel, I don't see the kids. And I knew in my heart that it was bad, that something was wrong. It's not unusual for people to be swept off piers into the Great Lakes. Next time on Points North, trying to save Lane. That episode of Points North is now available. You can listen to it wherever you're hearing this podcast. Welcome back to the Up North Lowdown. I'm Ed Ronco. We are still squarely in the fall, but temperatures are dropping and winter does not feel very far off. You can just sort of sense it. And it has me thinking about curling. I have never curled, not once, but you have to understand my relationship with this sport. Growing up, I had this old Hitachi TV in my bedroom, and I mean old. It had a rabbit ear antenna and those VHF and UHF knobs with those little fine-tuning wheels. And the only station it received clearly came from just across the Detroit River, CBC Channel 9, out of Windsor, Ontario. So instead of cleaning my room or doing my homework or serving out whatever sentence had just been imposed on me by my parents. Championship curling on CBC. Today from Vancouver. I watched curling. The overhead camera showing the stones gliding down the ice, the way they furiously scrubbed with push brooms and shouted at each other. I was transfixed, but I had never seen curling in person. And last winter, I visited the Traverse City Curling Club shortly after it opened in January inside an old Kmart. It is, as it turns out, loud. 
This is the cold room. Five sheets of ice with bullseyes at either end. They are properly called houses, I learn. And the room is full of people gliding 43-pound stones from one end of the ice to the other. I am not an athlete. I never played sports because I didn't think I could be on a team. It's too too much pressure. That's Kara Colburn, co-founder and past president of the Traverse City Curling Club. We've stepped out of the cold room, but we're watching through the enormous windows that sit on two sides of the ice. We have a wheelchair on the ice. We've got uh, two or three kids out on the ice. We've got people uh, in their 80s out here. Uh, quite a few people in their 40s and 50s out here. We've got men and women out here curling. I mean, everybody can curl. This place is as much about community as competition, she says. In fact, community is part of the game, and the building is meant to support that. In addition to this big observation area where people can hang out, socialize, and watch the curlers, there's something called the broomstacking room where after you're done with your curling match, you stack your brooms in the corner and you sit down for some com camaraderie. Uh, the winning team buys the loser team a drink and, uh, and you, it's part of the game. So you would never just play your match and leave. New furniture, new paint, new carpet, a big TV showing old curling matches, and a showcase of Olympic memorabilia in the entrance, a gift from friend of the club and 2018 gold medalist John Landsteiner. It is hard to believe that just a few years ago, shoppers were in here picking up discount merchandise. And if people are familiar with the Kmart in Traverse City, we are in the hardware section. <laughs> I used to get my windshield wipers here. <laughs> All signs of the big box retailer have been erased, except the bathrooms. Colburn swings open the door to the ladies' room. They've been left just as they were when this was a Kmart. In their full glory, we did not touch a thing. So it's like a blast from the past. They're pretty nice. Yeah, they were upgraded right before they closed, okay. about four months before they closed. But it's always kind of funny because if you came to this Kmart and you walked in the bathroom, all of a sudden you know where you are. You know, you're right by the layaway department and it all sort of falls into place. This new life for the building is exciting for members of the club, which has been around since 2014. Until now, they've played at Center Ice Arena, a busy community recreation center. Oh, it's just so great to be in our own facility. That's Dustine Murphy from Interlaken. She's used to curling in places that weren't built for curling. My husband's Canadian and I learned to curl in my in-law's kitchen. When I said, what is curling? The next thing I know before I said, oh, that's the thing from the Olympics. The next thing I know, they're bringing the curling brooms from the garage and teaching me in their kitchen. And How big is the kitchen? Not very big at all. <laughs> it was big enough to, to learn. That was a decade ago. Now she's hooked. It's, it, one, it makes my winters go by super fast. Um, it, it's just a great sport for, for people to work together to get the rock where you want it to go. There's always action, and I need a lot of action in my sports, so I love it. The Traverse City Curling Club has about 200 members, and they're growing, offering classes for people to learn, grown-ups and kids. A new junior program will teach kids ages 5 and up. Meantime, members are busy putting the finishing touches on this facility and hoping that it can convince others that this sport is, literally and figuratively, very cool. A visit to the Traverse City Curling Club this past January. The club has classes for people who want to learn, and to be clear, there are other clubs around northern Michigan too. Probably some near you. And hey, who knows? Maybe this will be the year that I finally graduate from procrastinating TV viewer to actual curler. Okay, let's see what else is news in Michigan. 
The United Auto Workers reached a tentative agreement with Ford this week. It comes with some unprecedented concessions from the automaker, including a 25% wage increase. All eyes now turn to General Motors and Stellantis. This deal with Ford could influence those talks. Another busy week in Lansing, the Senate passed a measure to require a 100% clean energy standard in Michigan by 2040. The Senate also passed a bill that would require regulators to consider things like public health when evaluating plans from utilities. Supporters say the legislation would help make Michigan more sustainable. Opponents say it will raise energy costs. The vote was along party lines, with Republicans voting against the package. The bills now head to the House. Separately, Governor Gretchen Whitmer recently signed bills to maintain parts of the Affordable Care Act in Michigan, even if they are repealed nationally, and to outlaw discrimination against LGBTQ people in insurance. The state's Office of Civil Rights plans to conduct another study of Native American boarding schools in Michigan. This study is supposed to look at deaths, disappearances, and the long-term impacts of forcing Native American children to attend the assimilation schools. They're looking for someone to lead the study. The initial request for proposals was unsuccessful, so the project's deadline was extended, its budget was increased, with a new requirement that it be done by the end of January 2025. Traverse City-based Cherry Capital Foods said this week it is shutting down, quote, for the time being. The local food distributor helped small and medium-sized farmers and food producers bring their product to market for about 15 years. As a result, Michigan-grown food made it into stores, school lunches, and more. But the company says it's becoming harder to operate in a world dominated by large corporate competitors. Their final delivery day will be November 16th. And that's it for the Up North Lowdown. We had contributions from Michael Livingston and Tyler Thompson. Music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Our producer is Max Copeland, and I'm Ed Ronco. We make this podcast at Interlochen Public Radio, where we have just wrapped up our fund drive. Thank you so much to everyone who made a donation to the work we do here. And if you're like, oh, no, I forgot, we will still take your money. We appreciate all contributions all the time at IPRnews.org. Remember about bonus episodes on Wednesday. We are listening to IPR's new series, Fresh Coast Creatives, about the art and artists of northern Michigan. That episode will drop in your feed on Wednesday. And that is, I think, enough out of us for now. We'll leave you with a little more curling from Traverse City. Thanks for listening. And hey, have a great week. A little bit of rotation on the rock. gameplay this week, it's spooky, scary music, ranging from ambient horror soundscapes to jazzy jump scares, and everything in between. We'll hear themes from Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Luigi's Mansion, and much more. I'm Keith Brown, inviting you to join me, if you dare, for a sampling of spooky game music, this week on Gameplay. You can stream full episodes of Gameplay on demand and view playlists at GameplayShow.org.